ladies and gentlemen, Soft, Hard, and Wet, part three of our year-end review. We did our driver and team gradebook last two episodes. This time we're going to be together discussing our top three events, moments, races, weekends, uh, and our bottom three. I'm here with John White as usual, and we are also joined by Brady King for another season recap. Three in a row. Yeah, you you're gonna be uh, inducted into the club soon. Still <laughs> We're a have charter to start member. A, we'll have yeah, to I'm start like cutting you royalty here. checks here in a minute. <laughs> yeah, as soon as the royalty checks come in, uh, you'll make sure to get your cut. Awesome. <laughs> so we'll we'll start with our our negatives first. I'd like I prefer to end on a high note. So we'll start with our bottom few moments. Um, try and limit it to three. I know this season was filled with them, but give me your, your lower tier podium and I'm going to start with you, John. So give me maybe one of your moments, or if you want, go ahead and take the, I'll toss you the ball. You, you can do all three if you want. Yeah. I'm going to start with one real quick and, and just see if it tickles anybody else's ears and maybe we can all jump on this, but a, a bottom moment for me is turn one of the Mexican Grand Prix for Checo Perez. There was so much pressure put on him, both internally and externally, to want to prove this to be the race that he was back in the groove, that he was getting points, that he was uh, you know, a contributing member of Red Bull Society and really <laughs> wanted to be up on on the podium in, in his home race. And it was... Yeah in the blink of an eye just ripped away from him. And that, that was, was really um, rough to watch. Yeah, it was bad. It was, it was, a, it was a bad deal for everybody. And so definitely uh, as one of my bottom three moments of the season, that's, that was the first thing that came to mind. Wow. That's a good one. That's a good one. I had, uh, I had a few, I, this is more of an honorable mention because ultimately I really liked the weekend and I liked the race, but I have to feel like, and I don't know if this is on the track or on the, um, the conditions or on the, on race control or the stewards, because the 768 track limit violations at Austria really put a damper on that whole weekend. Otherwise that was a pretty fun <laughs> weekend, but Simply the fact that we didn't find out who won or who was on the podium or what order people finished in until hours after the race. I think that was Austria. We came but, here to watch the referees. Good Lord. That was a really difficult thing. I'm, I'm going to give that honorable mention. I'm not going to give that as one of my my podium places for the bottom three. But I felt like that is something that I don't want to overlook from this season in terms of a, uh, a basement moment. Brady, you got anything? This is a hard one for me, but I'm going to go with just Vegas in general. Not because necessarily Vegas was bad. And I don't know about you guys, but I tend to go into every weekend just sort of ambivalent to it. It's it's a sport that I like to watch, so there's no pressure on me. But for some reason, Vegas felt like a personal attack. Maybe it was just because <laughs> we're like... There was a lot of hype around yeah. it. It felt like we failed in some ways as a U.S. you know based race. I don't know. It it just felt like a downer. Um, 
the race I didn't itself come away I felt good. like was really good. But the weekend as a whole, I can I can get behind your opinion on that one. Yeah, and it's funny. I think if we go back a few weeks to when actually the last time I was on here and we were talking about what we thought the Vegas weekend was going to be like. I thought it was going to be the reverse of Monaco, where we were going to have pretty boring qualifying and then maybe a fairly exciting race. And that kind of played out, except for the fact that we almost blew a Ferrari up and flipped it into the grandstands or whatever you want to say. But I don't know. It was sort of embarrassing, but also exciting, but overdone. That's like Vegas in a nutshell. I don't know how else to describe it. It sounds like it met expectations, but the problem is your expectations were, this is going to be really crappy. That's a good way to put it. I think you're right. Man, I've got to I've got to disagree with you, Brady, a little bit on this because uh, as one of my bottom 3, I do have the Las Vegas opening ceremony and Tom and I ripped it to shreds. Well, I ripped it to shreds. Tom liked some of it for some weird reason. Uh when we were talking about it a few episodes ago, the opening ceremony was terrible. The driver introductions, the the pomp and circumstance that surrounded the race, I don't think went very well. Um, but the race itself, when we got to actual racing, I thought it was actually turned out to be quite a great weekend and looking forward to, you know, what Las Vegas does next year on the track, take away all the intro crap and all the stuff that they're doing. But the race itself, I thought was pretty good. Everything else surrounding it was crap. Yeah, I think you're right. I don't want to get too negative on anybody. I I think they did great for their first race at this, and I think it can be a great race going forward. Uh, and like, like you said, Tom, maybe I just put too much expectations, both positive and negative on it. Uh, and maybe I'm just reading too much into it. But what do we give it as a grade? let's let's grade it (laughs) this is not a las vegas review podcast let's move on Uh, one of one of my other bottom three moments or or, uh, events from this season was the australian grand prix and it really had everything to do with the amount of carnage the poor decision making from the the stewards or the race control, whoever was deciding whether we get a red flag or a safety car and when that happens. And Oh, by the way, these penalties and all of the collisions, it just, and the way it ended, it was just really meh. I'm like, really, we're going to end it that way. And I just felt like we were robbed of a, of a really cool opportunity as fans because of just some weird idiosyncrasy in the rule book. I, I didn't like how Australia played out personally. To your point, and and I know these are specific incidences or weekends that, that we're talking about, but when you when you're talking about Australia and the FIA and the penalties, that's that's a bottom three for me just in general this season. Yeah. The inconsistencies with the FIA and the way that penalties were administered and the impact that it had on these drivers was just dumb. It was dumb. But I'll disagree with you because it's almost like the worst part about it was the consistency. Like everything that you wanted to do or could do was a five-second penalty. It didn't matter what it was. It was a five-second penalty. So the consistency was there, but it was very poorly executed. They were giving penalties for minor scuffles, and they're giving the same penalty for completely 
crashing into someone and knocking him out of the race. Yeah. But I'm with you. I'm gonna... the, the penalty, the penalty uh, delivery system <laughs> was was part of my bottom three for this year. But go ahead, Brady. I'm going to take a cop out on this one because I actually have it listed in both my top three and my bottom three. <laughs> well, you really bottom put three. a whole lot of oh, thought yeah. into this I, one, didn't I really you? did. I, I came out swinging. Bottom three for all the reasons that you guys listed. Uh, the race overall, uh, the penalties are terrible. The, the It just felt like a big uh, letdown. Uh, you guys know I'm the Pierre Slappy, so obviously the way Alpine finished that race, the worst, the worst. <laughs> You guys are fighting for points and you literally crash into each other on the last lap. Oh, my God. Terrible. On the other hand, to start a season off, uh, that was that was some damn exciting racing there at the end. You make a good point. I just and this kind of goes back to the penalty system as a whole or the, the way it's written. I miss having someone to blame. I miss having a named person. I miss having Michael Massey. I miss having someone who sits in that seat where the the guys on the pit wall or the uh, team principals or whoever can talk to them and we get their honest feedback. You know, we're working on it or, you know, yes, we've noticed like the only thing we're hearing now is like, yeah, we've reported this. And that's just from the team radio. I want to know that there's somebody back there that we can point the finger at and say, you did this. No, Mikey, this is so not right. <laughs> and my other my other bottom three moment here is the and I've I've talked about this ad nauseum. To me, the very worst part of the 2023 season, the very worst part. There is nothing worse than LL Cool J and Will I Am introducing drivers in Miami. That was terrible, and I can't believe that I sat through and watched every minute of it. I really can't believe that I did that. Well, now I'm going to have to mark one off of my top three um, <laughs> that I was going to talk about here in a little while. So thanks, Tom. I appreciate that. You are welcome to it, keep that, it as your top three moment. It, that's that's one of the things that it, I don't think that we're doing ourselves any favors. When we look at U.S. races... Yeah, who's the we in that sentence, John? The we, the royal we, is whoever's planning the American races. CODA does a fantastic job of putting together a really good weekend. They loop in everything to do with Texas and the culture and the barbecue and the Longhorns, even if you don't like them. Like, all all things Texas, but they're not stupid about it. Miami is stupid about it. Las Vegas was stupid about it. There's got to be a way to marry the culture of the city that you're in in an appropriate manner. So that way we don't look like dumb idiots in the United States with these races that are rolling out and having LL Cool J and Will I Am doing driver intros. It, I don't know what that is, but it's definitely not what we're doing. You're right that we're not doing ourselves any favors, but it's kind of one of those, if the shoe fits, wear it. It's like perception is reality. Like we are just not putting our best foot forward and it's not a one isolated incident thing. It's time after time after time. And at some point we just, I guess, need to own the foolishness of the whole thing. Well, we're not going to change it, so we might as well. Yes. 
Brady, you had some? Uh, What'd you have on your list? Uh, I had this on my list as well, but I also figured that you guys would throw it on there. So I have one other one that stands out that at least makes the American crowd look not quite so dumb. Do it. But also a little bit dumb. Oh, yeah. And I'm going to go with the perp walk that was the Machine Gun Kelly oh, <laughs> incident. Gosh. That, to me, was an absolute Good low call. point. And I'm glad that it didn't the happen air guitar at and all of that. Oh, my God. I'm, I'm glad that it didn't happen at Miami or Vegas, because then we would just look like that much worse uh, for the American crowd. That was embarrassing. It, you can, it, The whole world was laughing at us as a sports collective, the F1 community in general for that. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. That was a, a that might be worse than the Miami driver intros. Now that you mention it, I don't know why I, I didn't put that one so high. But, oh, man, that was brutal. It was so brutal. It was it was bad. It was yeah, it was painful to watch. That's enough bashing. Do you guys have any more that you wanted to to throw in there? But I think that I think that kind of wraps it up. None for me, other than an honorable mention for um, Qatar being just hot, mm. humid, a lot of driver issues. The conditions, yeah. The conditions just were not they were not favorable. Um, that's yeah. That's that's the only other one I would add. So, as we wrap that up. We can move and end on a positive. It's getting very late at night here as we're recording, but it's worth it to talk about our high points for the season. And so I'm going to start with just kind of an honorable mention. I don't think it was worth uh, putting on my top three. They didn't really make the podium here, but I did. I did enjoy Monza this year and mainly for the, the point of, the lap after lap battles in that DRS zone down the main straight going into that turn one chicane and also the Ferrari back and forth near the end of the race where they are just, you were so convinced that they were going to collide with each other and they didn't. Uh, there was some, there were some fun moments there and I, I, I did enjoy Monza. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Monza was a fantastic that's, race, but that's year. an honorable mention. It, yeah. An honorable Top three race of the season. Be. It's yeah, it was great. It was great. But I'll I'll put my one of my top three, and I'll I'll put this as number three, and I won't say Silverstone as a whole, but I do believe that that was a great weekend, mainly as a McLaren fan because they qualified two and three, but not only that, Lando takes the lead from Max on lap one on on the not on lap one but on the uh, on the start, Lando takes the lead from Max at the start of the race going into turn one and just, you could hear the eruption of the crowd from your TV screen and just realize how big of a deal that was. And even though he didn't hold on to win, I thought that was a really cool moment, especially for the fact that McLaren was complete ass for most of the season leading up to that point. That was, that was a big deal. And and I really liked that moment in Silverstone. John. Yeah. One of my top three, has to be the Fernando Checo battle in Brazil. I know that it just kind of came down to the last few laps and to some, it might be overrated. And, you know, we, 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 we spoke about this at length, um, in our Singapore or I'm sorry, in our Brazil review, but man, that's just, when you see something like that take place between two fantastic drivers with a photo finish at the end, to me, that's, 
that's that's how you want to finish a race. Those are the types of things that get your blood going. It's it's uh, you know in golf, it, it's that one clean shot that you hit that gives you the disbelief that like maybe I could be good at this, and then you realize you're not. <laughs> that was the that was the photo finish. That's like this is why I watch Formula One. Like this is what I want to see. It was very yeah. very exciting. That no, was very cool. I I think that's a really good moment to to include on your list. Brady, did you have uh, something? Yeah, I really liked some of the little personal interactions. So the, the, maybe a small little collection of things. So one of the little things that I really liked was every time we go to see Toto, we got Mick Schumacher standing right over his shoulder. Like he <laughs> must stand here. Do not move out of this little circle. Uh, just had me giggling every time they showed it. It was like a, he's actually a, he's actually tethered to Toto. Yes, with yeah, like a little uh, like a little leash. I don't know if you noticed that. But it was like a comforting thing every weekend to see Mick standing there. Uh, and maybe he'll be back soon. I, I, I hope so. Um, another one was uh, Danny and Yuki uh, in their little side events. Some of the, the Red Bull events. Like I think they went. There was some little speedboat racing that they did or something like that. I, I have to go back and watch some of the YouTube videos. But those were always a lot of fun. Um, but of all the personal interactions that I had a ton of fun with this year was uh, Fernando being the proud papa to Lance. <laughs> early on in the season. Uh, it was just short of Fernando inviting him over for milk and cookies after the race. It just felt great. Yeah. Uh, Uncle Fernando. <laughs> milk and cookies. Oh my gosh. I like how you turn that into a little sampler platter of your favorite things. Exactly. <laughs> I, I'd be remiss to not mention uh, Singapore as a highlight of the season the the battle out front with four cars that weren't Red Bull. That was pretty cool. The last couple laps, especially. I mean, the, the DRS train with uh, Carlando trying to keep the Mercedes behind them. You know, the, the interesting thing of Mercedes pitting with like 15 laps to go or something like that onto medium tires under the safety car, trying to just charge through the field and see if they can go and win that race. And Carlos and Lando working together to, to keep them at bay, Russell crashing into the wall on the very last lap, like two turns away from the finish line. That that had everything to me. Those cars were glued together during the last couple laps, and it was really fun to watch a four-car battle to win the race, um, even though it didn't work out for, for Mercedes and their aggressive strategy. I thought that was definitely a highlight of the season. Yeah, that was a great I'm glad race. you brought it up because that was... No, you're good, go ahead, John. John first, go. Yep. I lost my train of thought. Go ahead. You're good. Damn it. Go, Brady. <laughs> now. I'm glad you brought that up because I had that as my number two also. Uh, what a fantastic race. So many different storylines. And, John, I know you love Max, but to have the one race not won by Max, thank God. I don't know if I would put it so eloquently as that, but. Yeah, it was an exciting race. It was fun to watch. It was good racing. And, you know, and I think we all probably are like this. We have teams and drivers that we support and we want to see do well. But I would sacrifice that for interesting battles. Um, and, and we see that with, with, with Max this year, just him winning everything. And it got to a point where it's like, all right, Max is probably going to win. What else can we watch out here? And like I said, with, with the, um, with the Fernando Checo battle, like I want to see good racing out there. And if Max is included in that, great. And if he's not, I'm okay with that as well. 
an honorable, I don't know if it's an honorable mention or if it is just in the ranking for me, but whenever I go back and look at my notes through some of the races this year and just some of the highlights, radio chatter has to be kind of towards the top for me. We got some really funny clips. Yeah, like some really funny clips. I don't know if you can see this, but there's a car up my ass, George Russell. Um, obviously, <laughs> Lewis complaining quite a bit about his tires. Max. Uh, Mercedes you know, team having... radio this year was fantastic. Mercedes team radio and Ferrari team radio were two top-notch, uh, just week in, week out, always delivering. Smooth operator, baby. Smooth operator. <laughs> <laughs> Carlos, I mean, l- the radio chatter, I'll take more of it. Uh, F1, as you guys are putting that feed out for us to watch. Pump it into John's veins, please. Yeah, I need I'll uncensored I Yuki. It. I need some more of that. Oh, <laughs> yeah, Yuki, man, he is. Y- y- Yuki after dark. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, can we? Yeah. If he's going to race in Vegas, we got to be able to have uncensored Yuki for a midnight race, right? <laughs> that would... Um, yeah. Yeah, press the red button on your sky glass, and this is what you're going to get. <laughs> oh, gosh. My my number one for the season, and I don't know if I have these actually ranked, but the one that stands out to me the most, the, the race or race weekend that stands out to me the most in terms of the good things that were happening or the interesting things, it's got to be Zandvoort, where it started, they started the race, everybody started on slick tires, but by the end of lap one, it was chucking down rain. Uh, you had two cars going for enters on the first lap. And then by lap 12 or 15, it was dry again. And then by the end of the race, it was wet again. And who was going to what tire at what time? Fernando in a uh, underperforming Aston at that point, the, the Aston was was a little more crap at that point in the season. And he just it was all racecraft, and he wound up P2 or P3 that race. Like it, I think it was P2. He was fighting Max at the end. But that one stood out to me as just one of my favorites from this season. It had just about everything you can imagine. It had crashes and carnage and red flags and restarts and safety cars, but all for, all for interesting and fun reasons, not for uh, – just the chaos of, of Australia. You know, I put Australia in my bottom three and I'm putting Zandvoort in my top three for kind of the same reasons, but with different uh, results. You want me to go next? Yeah, go ahead. Shit. Go yeah. ahead. All right. Uh, my top story for the year is McLaren. What a way to start a season. Uh, basically had him on suicide watch. I was kind of on suicide watch. We were not, we were not in a good place. Uh, what race was it where they got their upgrades? Was that like week five or six? Oh, no, it was it was further was it later. Than that. Yeah. Austria was the first major upgrade, and it was just for Lando's car. And I remember having this conversation with you, Tom, about what do we expect out of them? Uh, do they say that they're going to have these upgrades, and are they going to just come out and kind of fall flat, and then we just kind of laugh at them or whatever? But trust the system. And at the end of the season, they they won me over. I mean, they already had me won over anyway, but trust it that next year uh that they'll be fighting for the top and in fact maybe we put some expectations on them i, I want to see them they, they need some wins and i i expect them to get a couple wins next year yeah they're definitely going into next season with a different level of expectation but we'll have to wait and see what happens it's a real cinderella story you know 
John, anything you want to add? <laughs> to add to McLaren, how about no? Just as like a top, uh, well, top. Yeah. Well, I will. I'm just going to add this to McLaren as well. If we're talking about their season, how about fastest pit stop at 1.8 seconds? That was a pretty cool achievement for them. Like if you want to round incredible. out a couple of things. Um, yeah. And this one, you know, I guess it could go either way, but uh, the weather this year as we've alluded to, is, has caused a lot of uh, conditions on the track to become far more interesting than they normally are. And so up there for me is actually Monaco this year. The uh, change in conditions, the weather towards the end of the race made that race far more interesting than it has been historically. Yeah. It's an already an, an iconic race, but Monaco was really fun this year um, to watch. Monaco qualifying was, uh, and I would I would make the argument that qualifying in general throughout the 2023 season was top notch. I felt like Saturday almost always delivered, whereas Sunday it was a little more of a 50-50 coin flip. But Saturday, oh, I was locked in. But especially yeah. to your point in Monaco, when you had Fernando on provisional pole and Max not improving his time through two sectors, and you're like, is he going to do it? Is he going to do it? Is it going to be Fernando's time? And then Max puts in one of the best sector threes ever and uh, takes pole from him. That was that was so incredible to watch. Yeah, the whole weekend was great. It was, it was a ton of fun. Brady, anything you want to add? Monica was a great week. Uh, it's always kind of a great week. Uh, the race can be boring, but... This one stands out a little bit. I think in the past few years, we like fell asleep on Sunday. This one, I didn't feel like I was, uh, I didn't think that happened. Uh, it's hard for me to remember. That was a long time ago, but I don't think I fell asleep during that race. <laughs> Any other top moments? Uh, Pierre Gasly. You just want to say his name one last time. I just want to say his name one last time. say his name one last time. A plus. <laughs> the rules were very specific. Cannot be a driver or a team. Pierre yeah, we didn't Gasly. invite you on here to hear Pierre Gasly's top three moments this season. <laughs> <laughs> I'm done. You guys done? Yeah, no, I'm done. Freaking marathon, but this was three full episodes. We did a good job. So yeah, we, gotta we got a lot. Wrap a lot this of up and get this out of here. Zip it up and, and zip, zip it out. Well, that will do it for our 2023 soft, hard, and wet. Uh, top three, bottom three episode. Ladies and gentlemen, it's been a pleasure to be with you this 2023 F1 season, but we are not taking a break. We will have some awesome off-season content, I'm sure. Coming up in the next few weeks, we've got about three months until Bahrain. Uh, thank you for listening today, and we will catch you next time. Mm-hmm.